Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. 51551 is our text number, number joe at rte.ie, as always, and 51551. Again, Inya Bunyan. Inya, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And it's a great... Joe. How are you? It's a, we've spoken Hi. before or over the good. years. I and, didn't think you'd come on that first. Ah, no. <laughs> and Inya, it's, it's been an incredible organisation going for nearly incredible 60 joke. years. Uh, now, like 49 years... Our Listone branch yes. has been um, affiliated to the national. But um, the fact that uh, it started then, because, it, you know, in 1967, that was when the association was formed. Okay. Ireland was a far less prosperous economy. Yeah. And the forum for the widows at that time was vital to advance our cause uh, with the relevant government departments and like we saw plenty of the ministers going down through the years. Plus it also gave a sense of hope, I suppose, and belonging, the bond of Mm -hmm. widowhood was there always. That if you went into the room when we first joined and had to meet up with the other widows, you felt uh, a belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all on the same path of life. Yeah. And it gave us comfort and in our loneliness and our sorrow. You know, it is heartbreaking time. And but, is, is it heartbreaking no. now, today, Enya, to decide that you've, uh, you're shutting no. down? No, no, of course not, Joe. To think about it, of course, uh, you would be sad they're forever in our hearts. It's, you know, what's sad is leaving the association and having to close it because of the friends we've made. That association mm. is there, what, is it there 50, 50 six, 59 years? It was set up in 1967 by, 1967 by, by Eileen Proctor. And did you ever meet Eileen Proctor? Oh, Jenny Mac, we were great friends, Joe, oh, Felicity told me one time, she said, Mum loves you. And that was wonderful to hear. But as well as Eileen, we had Sheila Conroy. Dr. Sheila Conroy. And uh, Sheila, where Eileen worked with the heart, Sheila uh, was the driver, you know. You know what I mean? She, no nonsense, Sheila. Um, so, so shutting down today. What does that mean, Ian? You, do you, I know you had an office. There was an office in Dublin. It it means now there are four branches left as out of hundreds. Yeah, okay. We were in every county in Ireland. Right. It is sad to think that like this. Athlone still have uh, a group of ladies uh, that meet often. Mm-hmm. We had Coot Hill, Clonmel, we had a great branch, Charlestown, Dundalk, uh, Dundalk County, Donegal, that's uh, their uh, branch is still there. Uh, Drogheda, Dublin, of course, would okay. be the main, uh, the main offices in all were in Dublin. But Eileen, to think that she thought that time when she became a widow overnight, uh, that she thought, what, what is out there? What yeah. am I going to do? So she put notes together and dropped them in letter boxes. I believe that is the way she started it. Unbelievable. And got women to call and women to come. But they were before their time, really. Mm-hmm. And then, Ian, were you the last, the final chairperson, so to speak? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And did I you came right up through the Well done, well done, well from done. From an ordinary delegate well at done. the age of 45, and did, I will be 95 in well uh, the new year. So you did it up here in the 95th year. So and, it has and been it, wonderful. But, Enya, did you ask, I know it's only a few days now, but did you ask at the meeting, does anyone want to take over from me? No, no. Okay. We've been asking. And there's uh, no one in tra- oh, okay. But you see, we haven't had AGMs or 
everything. Ah, yeah. But we did ask for a show of hands. This is the young widows. And you can't say they don't need us, Joe. Yeah, well, that's... We're different times. Yeah. In my time, I was 39, say. Uh, work wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, teachers, they were different. We had wonderful... Uh, since the very start, Eileen had chosen a wonderful executive. Everything was above board. Yeah, it was amazing that she had the capability of promoting this association. We yeah. had the constitution and we lived by that. There was never any trouble. Or, you know, Brilliant. we met most of the ministers going down through the yeah. years. And yeah. Yeah. when they'd be opening our, we'd have an AGM, say, in a different county or hotel. Yeah. All that was a new life. Yeah. We would never have, I wouldn't have been to many hotels. I had six children. The youngest wow. was just three. And what age were you when you were widowed, Enya? I was 39. Just, I thought, when we were maturing <laughs> and things were lovely, <laughs> you know, felt at a yeah. good stage. Yeah. And what happened? I know the seven-year itch and all was gone. Uh, so, and what happened to your husband? In our time, Joe. And what happened to your husband, Dean? A heart attack, oh. yeah, overnight, yeah. And he was young too, obviously, did and you say? he was 45, yeah. But... Um, and then how did how did you, Ian, how did you get involved in I the Widows Association? Yeah. Um, I was blessed with very strong faith handed down to me by my parents and uh, every evening we went to church we went to Mass it was on the Rosary and Benediction yeah. in that time 1969 and uh, one night I was still in the church and two ladies came up to me they were mm -hmm. both well deceased lovely ladies I didn't know them because I wasn't from Listowel originally and they said uh, Mrs. Bonyan is there any chance you could help mm -hmm. us do something she said we can't even collect make four to have a game of cards Okay. and that was it so with that, I, there was a branch in Charleville. I had a friend in Charleville gave me the address. I made contact with a Mrs. Dr. McCarthy in Charleville. She sent me a lovely letter with the instructions and what to do. And that was it, Joe. We wrote to Eileen. Mm, and they came incredible. on a visit to Listowel. Our first meeting, 60. I went to the priest first. We had a, okay. a beautiful... Monsignor Sheehan and I went to him and I said you know father we're thinking of starting an association I had met with another widow Maura Chapman and she said she'd be prepared as well and he said Ina get a good committee yeah. that is I'm delighted you've decided on this but get a good committee and that was the start of it in 1974 until the 11th of October. Yeah. So we were 49 years. Fantastic. Our first meeting, the nuns made a room available to us in the presentation convent, and uh, one of the nuns, a sister consolata, would come down and help us with the burger boiler <laughs> to make the cup of tea. Hmm. A member would make a napple pie, and the friendship and the but, fun, we were able you, to laugh again, Joe. But, but would me, this, 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 I, I'll get to the laughing in a sec. But we're, given that we're talking about widows, given that we're invariably talking about young women, um, and I know the, the life with, expectancy. With large families. With large Joe. families. Were the, were, the, yeah. in, were the first meetings not sad and difficult and challenging? because I hadn't uh, an idea of, you know, what to do, or I mm -hmm. didn't know these women, most of them. But, you know, we just bonded together. Yeah, we right. all had a story 
but in many cases different stories where things that we thought we had gone through a lot other women had gone through a lot more through long-term sickness or something like that (gasps) okay stay with us stay with us i'm talking to Enya bunyan and Enya is the the last uh, chairperson ever of the National Women's Association of Ireland because... I know. Because I, I, I can I, give credit to Eileen <laughs> and Sheila. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, that's down through the years now, sir, I have to remember everyone, Joe. I know. We've had very strong women in the executive. Yeah. And, you um, know, and yeah. that is what we needed. People that were able to stand up and help us to fight our cause... Uh, which long ago, like my pension when I first started, mm-hmm. was seven fifty for the seven of us. Yeah. I mean, I cried and cried the day that that social welfare man came to me with this book and uh, seven fifty. My husband was a plasterer, had been doing piece work, mm-hmm. which meant the money was very good. Okay. And suddenly you're there. And in those days, we were paying rates and everything. We were buying our own home. So in the, in the, in the late 19... Uh, well, you're 74. 1969. 69. You, you yes. with six children, your widow's pension was seven, seven pounds a week. Seven of us. Yeah. How did you, su- course, how did you, you survive? See, you, have com- you have to compare, Joe. Things were cheaper, Obviously, but yeah. still... You know, most people had the book and the grocer shop at that time. And the rates, I forget what my rates used to be. Um, but would you believe an application for a part-time clerk typist came up mm-hmm. at the Urban Council? I applied for that and I got it. Well done. I was blessed. My youngest had started school. He was five, Brian. He had started school and I had three or four hours a day. So that gave me six extra on top of my 750. And I'll do do the list of your achievements later on of the the association because they are incredible. We're talking about the closure of the National Association of Widows in Ireland uh, this month after, what, 56 years. We mentioned mentioned Eileen Proctor. Her daughter is Marilyn Proctor. Marilyn, good afternoon. I knew Felicity. Okay, Felicity, okay. We never knew that uh, she was going on because the last time I met them was at our 50th uh, anniversary and I haven't had any contact with them since then. Okay. um, We'll ask Marilyn, tell us us about your mother, Eileen Proctor. What age uh, did your father die at? Hi, Joe. Um, he was uh, oh, 45. Dead. Oh, no, Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, no, How are you? Good. Yeah, it's lovely to hear, and it's so, so sad, oh, yeah, Joe. And really, uh, it's very, very sad, you know, after oh, so yeah. many years. Yeah. I know. You'll feel it, it was, as well, you know, it was a, it, it work was a, and everything. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It was incredible. They were, we considered all those widows as their mothers, you know. They were mm-hmm. uh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful women. They always had um, sage advice and everything that, um, my, you know, yeah. they discussed everything in minute detail. But yeah, my father was 40, 45 and my mother, my mother was uh, 42 and wow. it was just two days before Christmas. I remember, yeah. yeah. Now, what happened? Yeah. What, happened? what yeah. happened to Marilyn? Yeah, he um, he was coming home um, on his bike uh, on down Comsfort yeah. Road in Walkinstown, and uh, he was knocked down by a bus, oh, and goodness. he didn't die immediately, um, but uh, he died very shortly then in hospital. <clears throat> uh, and you were three girls, Marilyn, three young girls. Yeah, I was uh, I was five, and my sister Felicity was two, and my um. Oh my, my older God. sister was eleven, and my brother was seventeen. Yeah, so we were all, we were all terribly oh, yeah. young. And did you yeah, how yeah. how did your mother manage Marilyn? How did Eileen oh, manage? She, oh, she was in a very bad place for a while. She was so yeah. so overcome with sorrow, and by the time yeah. she she got herself together, um, it was in the nineteen uh, nineteen sixty six. She um, she 
she actually uh, two weeks after uh, my dad died, uh, she had to go. She had to go to work full time. And um, my younger, uh, she went to work in Dublin Dairies there in oh, Crumlin. Okay. And she, um, my, my sister and myself were made ward of court. So my aunt, oh. uh, my aunt, uh, yeah, so we were nearly uh, in the uh, Magdalens. But what happened was my aunt actually took us uh, oh. uh, from Monday to Saturday. She okay. looked after us. And that gave my mother, um, uh, you know, uh, we, we went yeah. home and son and, and at weekends, you know, so we saw her at the weekends. But uh, yeah, it was an incredibly, incredibly uh, tragic time for us. But um, in 1966, she uh, wrote to the, um, <clears throat> after sending out all those leaflets, she wrote to the, uh, she wrote, she wrote to the papers. And okay. <clears throat> she started by writing a letter to Irish Press. Um, but she was absolutely astounded by the response of all these um, yeah. widows wow. because yeah. she was, at the time, she she just wanted to go and um, she was on her own. She was isolated and she just needed to talk and find shared experience as it was. It was a terrible dark place, but but she was absolutely astounded by the response of, yeah. uh, of the outpourings of women. Yeah. So eventually they had um, over 200 branches. Um, Incredible. Uh, Incredible. Incredible, and she went to Incredible. every one of them. Yeah. She went. She 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 spent a lot of her time setting up these branches. So she went to every one of them. You know, so she was she, uh, she actually came almost full time. Yeah. We had a big outpouring of down here as well. She mm. was lovely. Uh, she she worked from the heart in Madeline. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was. She, she did, was driven. She, she was totally heart. driven. Yeah. Yeah, yes, she had a goal absolutely. and she was very, very focused and she was totally yes. in, uh, determined. Marvelous. And enjoyed her cigarette. <laughs> oh, <laughs> indeed, yeah. She was yes. never she was never without the, the, the bags, as she yes, said. Yeah, yeah, her, her, and her, her, her how, pleasure. Do you yeah. know the way your family was split up, Marilyn? Um, yeah. How long before the family could get back together again with, with Eileen, with your mother? About four years. Okay. About four years, yeah. Yeah, we, we were very lucky that my aunt... You know, was able to oh, was able to t- take us because she had a, f- a, f- a family of her own. You know, and and uh, we were we were blessed. You know that and she what, was available. And yeah. what income did your mother have? Uh, same thing. She had the so-called widow's pension, but she she couldn't survive on that. That was was it was non-extinct. You know, she she couldn't survive. So she went out to work immediately afterwards. Yeah. And uh, she worked in, uh, I say, Dublin Dairies, and she worked there for oh, good few years, and then she worked in Sampras. Oh yeah, like, in, my, uh, like my own yeah, mother. Ballyfer- yeah, yeah, Ballyfermot. Yeah. And then, um, and then she worked. Uh, then, then, then she became. Um, she left that in '97, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I can't. No, uh, probably earlier. Yeah. And then she went to, went full time to work for the widows um, in um, yeah, Ormond Key, or Earl Street, the Ormond Key. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. It was and marvellous, Marilyn, that they were able to secure um, offices. In the first place, I think, was in Parnell Street, uh, yeah. we used to meet. Uh, but North Air Street, too, yeah. Was, yeah, but um, then we'd have the meeting, maybe three or four meetings in the year, where we would meet with the executive and the delegates, and these were in different hotels all over the country. So yeah. it's really, do you know, what it gave us the focus of new life, new way of life. And our children, I must say, have played a huge part in our lives mm. because they've, I, you know, I'm speaking for all the widows, uh, uh, you know, the way they've, really minded us. I suppose they didn't want to lose us either. And um, they've been a wonderful help and support. The oh, same okay. as everyone has. Yeah, I just really give, Ian, just give out a few phone numbers before the break. It's joe at rte.ie. one is the text number. And then the WhatsApp voice message is 087 And we're talking about 
the the end and in in one sense it is as Ian pointed out it, it's it's a, uh, the National Widows Association set up by Marilyn's mother Eileen Proctor there uh, fifty six years ago leaves an incredible legacy of of a, from a different time but you were you've been campaigning and fighting up to quite quite recently and we'll talk about that after this break. Talk to Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. When Eileen Proctor and Enya Bunyan were widowed in the 1960s in Ireland, uh, both of them uh, very young, late 30s, early 40s, as happened unfortunately a lot, the widow's pension was €7.50 a week. And that, uh, as Enya said, she would uh, six children. €7.50. And they set up at Eileen Proctor set up before the internet, before massive phone communications, when everything was done invariably by handwriting and hard slogging. And remember, these women were raising children on their own with little money, and yet they set up this incredible organisation, which is now no more called the National uh, Widows Association. They campaigned for, and I remember, a lot of the benefits that were brought in on social welfare were brought in for old-age pensioners, rightly so, but they didn't include widows. But this is some of the achievements of the National Widows Association. They managed to get the free electricity allowance, free TV license, free phone. They got the living alone allowance. They they were included in the double pensions at Christmas. They were they were supplementary benefit for uh, pensioners and those on small fixed incomes. That was extended to widows. And debt. Wait for this now. This is a different world. Debt press press notice. In other words, your notice in the newspapers accepted for widows' pension where death certificate is held up by the inquest. Remember, you had no money until you got your your uh, your husband's death cert. Um, social welfare benefit at marital rate granted to widows for six weeks after the death of the husband if he was in receipt of social welfare. Ceiling for medical cards raised to, to uh, 53.50, but it's different now. Uh, widows in receipt of social welfare pensions exempt from PRSI. Child allowance retained on widow's pension until child reaches 19. Mean ceiling for non-contributory pension raised for, raised from two pounds. The fuel scheme extended to, to widows. Free travel for those accompanying us. The widows again. Ex, extra tax allowance for widows. Marital rate for widows with dependent children, and uh, it goes on and on. And it's it's um, incredible, Marilyn. I'm just wondering, how did your mother do it in 1967? She's two or three jobs. She's four children. Was she writing letters all the time, or how did she? communicate with people oh yeah she was constantly writing letters and on the phone she, we actually got a phone in Brilliant. Uh, at the time um, uh, and she was never off the phone and she was constantly uh, chatting to people and when they set up when they did set up the office she became so um, aware of, of entitlements that um, she was you know, A1, she was An able expert, to answer yeah. everything. Oh, she was a total expert, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was all letters. It was just letter writing, you know. The, yes. you know it sounds crazy, but yeah, it was all letter writing. And, and did she have a little desk or an office in the house or... No, she had a sitting room that was covered in papers and, <laughs> oh, you know, the place was... You know, we, we, we would come home and uh, we'd be reading the letters and trying to sort out things for her, you know, but... Uh, yeah, we we just thought it was normal, you know. We didn't, yeah. we didn't, uh, we didn't object. And then the big campaign was twenty years ago when the government decided at the time, Fianna Fáil government, that widows who were working and who were went sick on sick pay could not get sick pay. Believe it or not, the, the government decides to remove sick pay from widows. Now the Widows Association uh, campaigned uh, vociferously, and it was. Um, that 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 was whipped out of the budget quick enough. Such was the uh, backlash. Now there are obviously we now live in a different world with the internet and WhatsApp and group chats or whatever. And Kleborn uh, is is involved in a online group called Widow Widow dot Colette, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. Thanks How are for you? Having me on. When did that tell us about? It's not. Uh, National with Association with charity campaigning had an office met government ministers what 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 does widow.ie do um we're very simple really we we've just got the website it's an okay. online community right. just solely right. for connecting and you don't have meetings or 
No, we don't. We don't. We, we, we're we not funded, so um, yeah, okay. we just might have, uh, someone might put up a little message to say anyone like to meet for tea, say, in a month's time. And but we, it, a lot of that stopped with the pandemic and we just need to get back yeah, on yeah. on track with that again. Well, the pandemic was also, and Ian, you alluded to it there, was also instrumental in in the winding up of the Widows Association because they couldn't meet during the, during the two years of that awful, awful yeah, uh, pandemic. Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, very sorry to hear it's closure, the National yeah, Windows. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when did you set it up and why? Um, in 2008, August, my husband, Peter, he was killed in a traffic accident. Oh, and uh, it was a difficult period afterwards, as you can understand. Yeah. Um, and I tried to look for support groups but my problem, uh, what I found difficult was I couldn't leave the house in the afternoons because I knew a girl. She was only three in the afternoon. Okay. And um, I did come across the National Widow Association website, um, but it wouldn't have been feasible for me to, to leave because I worked okay. during the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you do? You just It's a forum. And where did, where did the idea come from? I've seen similar websites in America mm. and um, there was a lot of things that I would have liked to have asked that were Irish related um, but they wouldn't have understood you know oh, like inquests yeah. and yeah. pensions and yeah. whatnot yeah. and I thought it wouldn't be lovely if we had something like that here and I went searching but I couldn't find anything and then the first Christmas after Peter passed away um, I tried to figure out how to set up a little online well group well and done. I decided to go with the website instead of <clears throat> say yeah Facebook or whatever, you know. Oh, well but, done. Um, and it's still going. It's it is very it is. straightforward. Yeah. yeah, just just go just Google widow. dot ie and uh, any, anyone can participate, I presume, Colette. And you yes, can ask, men and women. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. And you can ask questions and get yeah. advice, I presume. Yeah, it's yeah. a peer support um, group, so people might have questions as regards to what to put on a gravestone or moral support, they might be having a bad day or a tough anniversary date coming up and yeah, we support yeah. each other that way. Brilliant, you brilliant, know? that's what it's yeah. all about. Stay, stay with yeah. us, Colette, that's Colette Bourne, uh, widow.ie. Uh, uh, Hugh Crosby, Hugh, good afternoon. Hello, Joe, how are you? Good, and your mother was involved in the, Na- the National Widows Association. Yeah, my mother, uh, my mother was personal friends with... Um, Eileen Proctor and Sheila Conroy. Yeah. We would have had Sheila Conroy down in our house on numerous occasions. She would have been the previous chairperson of RTE at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad passed away when we were in primary school and uh, my mum went back to work to put us through school and that. Uh, there was three children, myself, my two other brothers. Uh, we were mostly in primary school at the time. My dad was local government in Wexford. And he passed away at the age of 48. Wow. And you, and, um, I remember Sheila well. Do you? That's Enya. That's Enya. That's Enya. from Wexford. Yes, 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 yes. yes I, I knew her very, very well. I met her in Kilmore one time as well. But she pulled out, uh, uh, Wexford lost their branch when your mum uh, yes. retired, really. Yes, we, oh, we would have... to hear from you now as well. We're I, I would have travelled... Wexford and yes. in Waterford and West Waterford. Oh, that's, that's right. lovely. I, I, I would have travelled, I would have travelled over the years with my mum over to mm-hmm. Sligo. Yes, and they would have had oh, meetings in the Tara in the Tara Towers Hotel with Minister Woods and that and Charles J. Hawley and that mm. they were always fighting for widows' yeah, rights and yeah. widows yeah. Uh, that oh. my dad was in local government and seemingly from what I can remember is that if your husband died prior to nineteen sixty eight your entitlements weren't as good as what they were if they died Course. before 1968. Oh, this is just memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mum went to Brussels and Strasbourg That's with Eileen right. Proctor in 1974. 1974? 
Incredible. And they travelled oh, they travelled everywhere together and it just brought back a, a bit of a tear to my eye today when I heard the programme, you know. And did you know the, well, the association is no more, Hugh, as, I of, yes. as of today, yes. effectively. Jer is in Fermoy. Yes. Jer, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? And how, how did you become involved? And obviously, I didn't. Uh, my, 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 my story is slightly different. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here listening. And when your, your first lady came on there, I was intrigued listening to her. Yeah. Because I was away on holidays last week and just talking to another friend of mine who's I, my husband died when I was 43. I couldn't say the word. I don't think I can still say it. Oh. I, for some reason, it conjured up, you know, little old ladies or little old mm. men or whatever. But oh. I could never say the word. It compounded it more for me. I, I'm not sure that's... I, but listening to it now, I'm thinking, gosh, did, did, did I... Maybe did I miss something? Because I do believe, you know, the group think is good around yeah. that and the group support is good around it. But just for me at the time, maybe I didn't want to accept. Maybe it's something I don't know. It's 2001 since Bill died, so yeah. um, I, but I've never, I've never. And now I notice that the pension is called the survivor's yeah, pension. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And, and what you just—I won't even say it for you, Chair. But you and you don't say it either. But you couldn't even say that 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 five-letter word. No, because did it? I mean, Joe. I'm asking myself now. Did it cement it for me? Yeah. Did, did did it make me realize? But I, I couldn't know. I couldn't. And yet I'm. I know what their charter is. I've been reading it up since I heard your show starting. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just wondering now. I'm just wondering with respect to all those people who held on to that for so long. Could it now become something different as a a survivors group? And because mm. it, somebody does need to speak up for yeah, for yeah, men, yeah, women. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who's, yeah. who's left on their own, rearing a family, not by choice. That's a very you know, good point. If I, yeah. if I had known, if I had known, my partner was going to be deceased quite so quickly. Um, and so young. I may never, you know, um, I may never have sort of embarked on the life I embarked on. So when it changes that quickly and so suddenly, yeah. there is everybody needs support in, and I suppose you know, making that change because change in itself is grief. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. But I just, for me, it, it um, mm. I don't know. I, I always had a feeling that it was for older people. And now yeah, I'm listening to everybody and they've well, all it was set up, It was set up by young women. Yeah, by young yeah. women, Jer, like yourself who were widowed early. That, it's incredible. It. And it. it was set up in the midst of all the burdens, primarily financial, but all the burdens that you had, that, that those women, those young women had, and uh, look look what they achieved over the years. Now, I think I'm, Jerry. I take your point, but I'm looking at the the online, I'm looking at the widow.ie. There's, there's, thankfully today, there are other ways of, of um, organising and uh, communicating, but... Um, there, there, there. We have it. Um, I don't know, Ian. Do you have any favourite ministers that you met over the year? Government ministers. By the way, Ian, yeah, I suspect very few of them could get a word in edgeways. I must, but in here, would you believe the most favourite of all? That opened our meetings. We had ministers and senators down the line. You're not going to believe this. The most popular, yeah. <laughs> Mikey Healy Ray. Uh. <laughs> brilliant, <laughs> that brilliant. It's true, Joe. Brilliant. We had a meeting in the Rose Hotel and Michael opened it. What he's said. He took the house, he brought the house down. He really brought the house down. Well done. They were looking for his autograph. I'm not sure. <laughs> Brilliant. That is true. Okay. Well, uh, well, it's a good. Another minister, a Kerry minister. Oh God. Okay. Okay. One of our meetings <laughs> as well. Okay. Now he was a minister at that stage. Okay. And. Um, Anyway, oh, we didn't find him very nice. You have a great, you have a great legacy, and you, uh, you're, you're, by the way, you're still great energy, obviously. Um, uh, as you I as you approach your ninety fifth birthday in a few weeks, uh, well yeah, done. It's a fantastic organisation. Now, in terms of the, which this is really important, Enya, the archives and all the files and the letters, are they held yeah. somewhere? Would they be given to a university or? 
I don't think so, Joe. Who ah, would be interested, Joe? Uh, uh, we uh, have files at Carmichael House. I okay. think the offices are now. And Charlotte Boyd, the vice chair, and Bernadette Kerr would be our national treasurer. Okay. We never got loans or grants from anyone. Yeah, yeah. We never looked for but money. Would you, would you be but willing, obviously there's, there might be some confidentiality use, but would the National I, Widows Association, would you, I know you're defunct as such, but would you be, now Carmichael that was a brilliant, a brilliant centre and lots of different organisations operate yes. out of the former Richmond Hospital there in Brunswick Street in, in Dublin. But if a yes. university or an institution or a social scientist came along and said, can't First of all, make sure to f- do. Please do not destroy the files. Please do not destroy them. And uh, maybe over the next period, you might consider because they are an incredible social history. Look how far mm. Enya and Marilyn and and Jer and yeah. you and all other goddess. Look how far we've come in your lifetime, so Enya. The yeah. difference yeah. from seven 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 pounds fifty a week. Widow's pension with no other benefits, no free travel, no Nothing. free electric, no and fuel. Would you believe I didn't even have a um, medical card? I know, I know. I never I know. got a medical when you come card. A long way and that, because that, when that, I got that, the job, I was paying tax. I was getting the 30, uh, 7 euros, as it brought me up to 13 euros. I never got a medical card from myself or the children. Okay. What I would have loved, uh, if we could have gotten it, was uh, free travel for the widow with the young children. Yeah. Okay. That they could go someplace. Yeah. Uh, they could take them to the seaside. Uh, we were disappointed we never got that. Okay. It may be to come in time. Okay. But so far yeah. we did very well. Well, well done. We got what was necessary and it's brought it up that it's the young widows can now work and that is why there are most of them are working now yeah, yeah. and outside the home as well as in, as well as inside you know, the home. They've yeah. gone through oh, the okay, thing need... that we had, the grief and the sorrow is always there. You laid the table after they're dying and no one to come in to sit and have his dinner. All those things. We yeah. can relate with one another. The oh, okay. association was I can speak for all the ladies, the executive committees down along the line. What wonderful women they were. We supported one another. We loved one another. We had always a gala dinner. And the first time that I went to one of these uh, meetings and a lovely lady from Cork, there was music and there was dancing. And she asked me to dance, and I said, I can't dance. Come on, she said. I can't, I said. Come on, she said. We've got to get over this. And I got up and I danced with her. But every one of us cried. Mm. We're dancing with a lady where we should be dancing with our spouses or husbands. You know, okay, well, very, India, very sad. Yeah. But everyone comes from it, Joe. We yeah. do come from it with the grace of God. And any young widow, I know they're out there today. They're suffering that terrible pain to be able to get rid of that load that's in your heart. To shout, get rid of it, yeah. and let him go. Nine days, let him go because if you're trying to hold on to him, it's he's not at rest and you're not. And always remember the children. I used to think I neglected them when I was doing my own grieving. But you're not really. They're there watching you. And you they're can't there cry because yeah. you'll upset him. Okay. But we've all come from it. So and nineteen will come from it. Nineteen sixty-seven, Eileen Proctor, uh, Sheila Conroy, Sheila Crosby, all the great, great women, 
um, 2023, and when you when you I know you effectively you have closed the door behind you, so to speak. The organisation is no more, but you should look back at with pride and great strength. And uh, congratulations, Enya, and uh, many, 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 many more years. That's a wonderful Enya Bunyan, as you heard. You Crosby, Marlon Proctor, chair. Good to meet him, Margaret. The end of an era. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie, end of an era with the widows of the beginning of a new era in Ireland. Because did you know that in less than 100 days' time, in February 2024, three months away effectively, um, the face of retail in Ireland is going to change by the decision of the uh, the government, the Green Party, uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, and they're introducing a deposit return scheme. When you buy a drink in a plastic bottle, aluminium or steel can, you pay a small, they say small deposit. The deposits can be 25 cents, by the way, in addition to the price of the drink. When you return your empty, undamaged container to any retail outlet, you get your deposit back in full. Now, who would be against that in their right mind because you'd be accused of being anti-environment or whatever? Even though in this country, as you know, first of all, in terms of glass, we have an incredible uh, return record. And uh, two, we're not too bad uh, Apparently, we're up to 70% on uh, plastic bottles and uh, beer cans and uh, Coke cans and uh, Fanta cans and uh, Britvic cans and whatever you have in yourself. Now, Tony Morgan runs a very busy store in Lipton's in Clonus in County Monaghan. Tony, how are you? Are you prepared for this? Hi, Joe. Uh, absolutely not. Um, we have decided uh, the scheme is coming in. We've decided that we're going to remove all... Um, drinks from our fridge and cease to sell them. It's just not viable for us. What do you mean? You're not going to sell Coca-Cola, Fanta, nope. Club, 7-Up? Water. Water. Nothing. And pla- body gown and the plastic bottles? 7-Up and the plastic no. bottle? No. Gone? Why? <laughs> it's it's another added expense which businesses can ill afford at the moment. Also, you just, you just said there that this... Um, Cans and bottles recycling is at 70% and the single-use plastic directives should be at 77% by 2025. This is, this is achievable without introducing this scheme. And overall plastic recycling is at 30%. So I think we should be targeting other areas rather than the bottles and the cans. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a new was, government quango set up. Of course, there is. We have repack. I don't know what they do. Well, they do ads. Um, they don't actually collect any uh, rubbish and they charge every shop money to put the sticker in the window. And we have repack. Yeah. Uh, so I still don't know what they what they do. And then return. It's a new one. R-E-T-U-R-N. That's a new government quango. I don't know where their news banking offices are, but no doubt they'll have them. Um, they, they also say on their website, their website is beautiful. I don't know. Have you looked at the website? Is, I'm actually looking at it here. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You, 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 yeah. you, you'd want to leave your current position and get involved in this. It's so, it sounds so easy. They say you can have a machine in your shop. It's called a reverse vending machine. In other words, you put the plastic bottle back in and it gives you money. What about that? Well, first of all, we're on the border here with Northern Ireland. Now, the cans in Northern Ireland aren't going to have the return uh, um, logo. logo on it. Yeah. There's a lot of people from the Republic going to Northern Ireland to shop and vice versa. And if you put in your Northern Ireland can, it spits it out. What's going to happen then? I was speaking to Jane, uh, who's the director of Blue uh, Dolphin Environmental this morning. I just asked her about this. Okay. And she says, her reaction was that it has taken so long to get people to put their cans and separate their cans and their, and their um, bottles and put, and put them in the recycle bin. And this is just going to send a mixed message. They're going to come into shops. Let's say someone comes in with 100 cans, 60 or from the north. They're going to be spat out. You're going, to, you're going to get the 40 by 15 cent. What happens to those 60 cans then? <laughs> Your floor. Your floor. Yeah. Floor over, over a ditch or whatever. Is this new Quango return, are they supplying these machines free? No, I believe they're 13,000 plus. To buy? To buy? 13,000 and 25,000. So then the only, the only organisations that would be able to buy these machines are the Super Values and the Tesco's and the 
Lidl's and that will mean people looking for their money back or kids collecting 100 cans in their black plastic sacks go into Super Value, Tesco, Lidl and they don't get cash, they get a voucher. So it brings more business to the big the big multinationals. Yeah, it actually says, on, it says, there's a bit of a mixed message there on the website as well. It says you can, um, on one part of the website it says you get refund your deposit in cash or against other purchases. On another part it says refund in cash or towards a charitable cause. But also on the website it says anywhere that sells drinks with the return logo, must mm. accept your empty cans yeah. and bottles. Yeah. But does this imply that if I don't sell drinks with the return logo, I'm exempt, exempt from it there? What is I can, Well, you can buy, I can presume you can buy uh, cans from any of the 27 cans and bottles from the other 27 EU countries. That's I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to get out of this. Can you go to a wholesaler a few miles over the border and buy your Coke and your Club Orange there exactly. and your body gown? Yes. But I don't. I don't want. To, I don't. I can understand the, that the the scheme is supposed to have certain merits, but I just can't see the merits of it. People are seventy percent recycling at the moment. Just encourage people to recycle. Yeah. So, so what it means now is every shop uh, that sells a can with this, this R logo on it is a recycling bank. Yes. People can and bring. Then if, if, if you don't have to have the the machine, you can take them in. But we can't be in here sorting a bag of a hundred cans, dirty <laughs> cans, with beer and Coca Cola, spilling out of them, and during the summer, wasps, and then nowhere to store them. When are they collected? And uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, but if, if remember the young fellas, and the young ones going around, they collect the cans, okay? And yeah. you know what they could do? You know the way there are already are at every bottle bank. There is a, a aluminium recycling. Uh, can spot invariably. They, they, if yeah. if I was a young entrepreneur, I'd sit there, probably bring a chair, one of me, dad's folding chairs, me man. I'd sit there, a whole roll of black plastic sacks, and when people come to get rid of their cans, I'd say, Mrs. Mister, can I? I'll take your cans. I throw them into the black plastic sack instead of into the uh, the recycling container, and then I run across to the shop. Me near a shop that sells Coke or Ballygown or whatever. And I drag me bags in, clickety-clackety, clickety-clack. And you say, I say, mister, I've uh, 300 cans there. Can I have me uh, 60 quid? That's that's not a bad way to make money. Yeah, but as long as all the cans have <laughs> got the return symbol on them. Yeah, who's going to check? No, well, we, we used to collect bottles as youngsters as well and bring them yeah. back and get our, our tuppence back. That was fine. The bottles were going back straight, straight back for recycling, washed and filled again. Now, you know, the only <laughs> the only organisation that's managed, the only uh, lobby group that's managed to get an exception uh, for these plastic bottles are the IFA, the milk companies. If you buy, which most milk now is in a plastic bottle, that's you. That's you. You don't pay a, a twenty-five cent deposit on back, and well done to the IFA for getting out of that one. Vincent Jennings. Vincent, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. CEO of Convenience Stores and News. How come you didn't manage to get an exemption? Well, there is a derogation, and thanks for taking the interest. And I'm mm. sure it won't be the first time that you will hear of this. Um, there's a, there is a derogation for stores that are less than two hundred and fifty square meters. They're not obliged to. Uh, be involved in the take back and Tony's absolutely correct I mean this was rejected by Minister Nocton when he was Minister of Environment on the costs that it would be okay. <laughs> that we were at 70% and 70% plus and to get to the more optimal which you'd have to say would be 95% you'd never get 100% yeah, yeah. so all of this additional money for what was effectively 20% extra uh, 20 percentage points extra uh, it would be very difficult to justify and um, it was a very good thing at that stage. Small businesses and businesses, their considerations were taken into account. But unfortunately, it was part of the uh, price of the Green Parties uh, joining in the, in the programme for government. And uh, we now have, uh, coming down the line, a deposit return scheme. And are you ready? It's 100 days. It's, it's yeah, less yeah. than three months. Yeah. I know. As I have many, well, no. <coughs> many of these machines are 13,000 a pop, so to speak. A pop, well, pop. they only begin at 13,000. That's the, that's the entry oh. point. I mean, they, they work their way up to 70 and 80,000. And then there's outdoor housing, 
requirements as well. So it is a very, very expensive for something that is notionally or supposed to be revenue neutral to the uh, retailers who take part in it. It's very, really, it's really difficult to see how that will actually be revenue neutral, given that, given that the uh, remuneration that is, is, is given or the reward that is given per can is um, 2.2 cent per can or bottle that is returned and uh, goes back into the system. So, you know, your your machine costs, your staff, your space, your fit out, yeah. your insurance, your security, inflation, cleaning, all of those have to take part. We, we don't go into business to lose money. We don't go into business to be revenue neutral. And you have enough board, you, you have enough borders between repacks, all the government licenses you now have to buy. Someone told me you have to buy 17 different licenses. Approvals. No, 29, Joe. 29, 29. sorry. Yeah. 29 different government quangos and uh, here's here, here's a, a new one. Scotland were due to start it at the exact same time and they've effectively, they said they've put it off for two years, but they've effectively abandoned it. Yeah, well, politics has come into play uh, in this on two ways. It, it did with, 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 with England effectively put the kibosh on the Scottish uh, because they wanted to bring in glass. But here in, here in Ireland, I mean, and, and Tony has alluded to it, we had the opportunity, were this to be done, it should have been done on an all-Ireland basis. Um, um, but the Northern Ireland uh, uh, Department uh, elected that they said, no, they'd have nothing to do with a one that was being organised by the South, and uh, they'd wait until there was one in the UK. So we have a situation where you have Daisy the Cow all over again, where we will have smuggling, we will have attempts by people to uh, get money for, for when there was a product that didn't have a deposit uh, paid upon it, and uh, it's a fr- it's a frightening c- c- prospect for people in Louth and in Mon- Monaghan and in Donegal and Cavan that, that they may well have this as a barrier to themselves and their customers or people coming into their stores. We don't we don't ever want to create barriers, but this is mm-hmm. an actual barrier being built. But it becomes does it not logically become um, a, 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 an incentive for the bigger the multinationals to get these machines and people know, well, I'll go to whatever, I'll go and I'll drop my, they, they have those big expensive machines, I'll pop my bottles into it and I, then I'll spend my money in Super Value Tesco, Little Alley, whatever. Don't. Um, so that, that, that's another, it's another pressure on small shops. It, it is and I think that you also have to understand, Joe, and you're, you've, you've very regularly championed the ideas of small and rural Ireland, uh, small businesses and rural Ireland. I mean, certainly you've got a situation where in villages and in small towns throughout the country um, where you don't have one of these large monoliths, uh, but you have this uh, legislative requirement that that the return deposit return scheme is in place. Um, you have an additional cost coming upon a person who can ill afford those costs. Yeah, and the cost of it, 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 everything, every can of Coke, every can of club, every can of um, Seven Up, and can't get Lilt anymore. Yeah, but when I go to every bottle of body, every every bottle of body gown uh, is uh, going up twenty five cents, fifteen to twenty five cent. And to the retailer as well, but of course he's buying an awful lot more, and he's going to spend one hundred and twenty euro extra for ah, twenty cases. Yes. He or she has to pay for it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that is, that is. Dennis Cormack is in Kilkenny. Dennis, did you know this was coming in in, in 100 days? No, Joe, I've, I've heard uh, about pilot programmes in Tipperary and the likes of that, but mm-hmm. I could never actually find out anything about how to run or how to yeah. operate it. But I, I think, uh, listen to your first uh, contributor there, the uh, system was very poorly thought out and were retailers involved in the making up of this shambles? Because it seems to be going to burn out a shambles. Where were you consulted, Vincent? Where Tony? Were you? St- I'll come back to you in a sec, Vincent. Could you that? Tony? Were you consulted? Yeah. I've never received any correspondence on it. No, never, never. It says, it says on the website you're obliged to register. That's all. But you would have had to find a website yourself. Um, Vincent, were you was the organisation consultant? Because you're well known. You hardly uh, ever hid your, your light under a bushel. People know about the convenience stores and news age. Were you consulted? Yes, we were, yes. Okay. Um, from 
from day one. Yeah. And what, what was but your... consultation and people heeding you are two yes, different things, of yes. course. <laughs> and I presume you were told because on the rerun, the re, sorry, the retorn website, there uh, the, the only minister mentioned um, was taking credit for this is is uh, Minister Eamon Ryan, uh, chairperson of the the leader of the Green Party. Um, Tony is. I had. I thought I had someone there who was who's trialing it and was positive. I, maybe I'll try and talk to him or she after this break. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815 Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815 Everyone's in in favour, obviously of. The environment, but in a hundred days' time, the Republic of Ireland it was due to happen in the north, in in the north and across the UK at the, at the exact same day. But the UK have abandoned it effectively uh, as of last week. But um, you will be charged up to twenty five cent deposit on your bottle of Bally Gown, Coca Cola, Seven Up, etc., etc., and your can of beer. By the way, but anyway, your cans of beer, and then any shop that sells any of those types of cans must return uh, must accept all of those cans back and give back 25 cents even though the stuff might might not have been bought in the shop even though the stuff might not even have been in sale on the shops such as cans of Guinness or Smithies or, or uh, whatever and uh, the point that Tony Morgan uh, of Lipton's in Manhattan's made he said my, he's, he's getting rid of all those products he won't sell them uh, water, coke, um, beer he said every shop is, will have to become a recycling bank and there are enough of them around, hopefully, at the moment. Now, Angela, you make a very strong point. Go ahead, Angela. Hello. Um, yeah. I don't really, I'm not properly informed about the shopkeeper's dilemma. But okay. just living in County Kerry and walking around the roads, there are, in the ditches, there are so many plastic bottles and cans. And every step of the way, really, you can find them. Good and point, I think yeah. when we when we kind of say to ourselves that, well, we're doing great at 70%. Well, to look in the ditches around the countryside, you can see where the 30% is, and it's okay. very ugly. And the other thing, I think, is that the plastic bags, we talked about and talked about, and once we were charged, it changed overnight. Everybody took their plastic bag yeah, but off the, to the supermarket. But the thing about the plastic bag, Angela, is you had an alternative. People bought the stronger bags, the reusable bags. You can't go in yeah. with it. You can't go in with an empty body gown bottle and say to Tony Morgan and Clonus in Lipton's, "Will you fill that up for me?" You know it is. Now I take you think with the with the twenty five cent on the plastic bottle and the cans that little entrepreneurs might run around collecting all of that stuff and getting their money back. That's right, and yeah. I just think it brings a different a different awareness mentally to us to do with countryside and, and yeah, getting yeah, rid of the plastic. Yeah, because, yeah. honestly, go on a country walk and you see it everywhere. And it's so ugly. Yeah, and I yeah. think, I'm sure there are European countries have a much be- better record of recycling okay. than we do. But I think Tony, Tony Morgan's point was... Um, about every shop becomes a recycling uh, bank. He said, "Okay, collect the bottles and collect the cans, but bring them to your local county council and let them give you the money." You know what I mean? Why does every yes, they're yeah. saying? Why does uh, yeah. he's saying we're 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 up to our oxters anyway? We're under pressure, cost of living crisis. People, um, obviously, and came out last week in the in the stats, people cutting back. And now we're going to see a 25% increase on something, at least one of which most people buy uh, every single day. Bernie Bergen, Bernie, thank you, Angela and Kerry. Bernie, your point, please. How are you doing? Well, Joe, I, I agree there with Angela with the stuff on the road, but, oh, Jenny Mac, I suppose, must be 16 or 17 years ago, I went on a tour, a school tour, over to Munich. Yeah. And as it happened, we were staying in a hostel and across the way there was a garage and the lads used to nip across the road to the garage to get their cans of this, that and the other. Yeah. And there in the garage there was a recycled, one of these new Mach- things that we see. Machines, yeah. In. And they were astonished that after they bought their can of coke or whatever it was, they went back, put it in, got a little, little sticker and the next time they bought another coke, they got the money off it. And that's years ago. Yeah. And this year, where was I? In Italy. And you talk about an entrepreneur, you know, going along with your bag with all your cans in it. 
was man and a woman and they had a plastic bag. Now, it was outside a, um, a, a big supermarket in this case, mm. but they had the plastic bag. They had all of these plastic green bottles and they fed them into the machine yeah, yeah. and then they got out their little voucher. So, I mean... Yeah, but it's, I, it's been, I, I take yes. that point, but you know how much th- those machines start at? Because you, you, this new government, Quango, aren't... Uh, supplying machines. You have to buy these machines. And the only people able to buy them, I'd say, they start, according to Vincent Jennings, and he knows, they start at 13,000 and can go up to 40 grand. So who's going to be able, what small shop is going to be able to afford that? Well, I suppose that's the point. But this, I don't know what they cost in Germany or whether they gave them free, so I haven't a clue on that side. But this was just a small garage. It wasn't a big, huge forecourt yeah. of a garage at all. And yet they had one of these small ones inside. Okay, do, well, do, let's... Do the shop owners okay, not well, get, well, any, here, let's, get anything back? No. Well, let's talk to him, Bernie. Let's talk to one, Bernie. Uh, Paddy okay. O'Neill. Paddy O'Neill is owner of O'Keefe's Day Break in Thomastown. Paddy. How are you, Joe? Have you got one of these machines? No, no. Uh, are, you, but, uh, are you getting one? No, I can't afford to get one, Joe. Because... Mathematically, yeah, this is quicksand for us. It will cost us the fifteen thousand to buy the machine, right? Yeah. Now we will get two cent, two point two cent, zero two point two cent per can. Now, last year I put fifty thousand bottles mm-hmm. onto the market. Okay, I would get eleven hundred euro if all of those bottles were returned to the shop. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I would pay the 15000 for the machine because I'm not... The machine only pays for itself if you return 250,000 bottles. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. So you would get the grant at the end of year one of 3000 Okay. Which you must apply for. The grant at 2000 on the second year. Okay. And 1000 on the third year. Right. Yeah. In other words, you have to keep you have to keep it going. In other words, yes. You have to keep it going. But there is a service contract that comes with the machine. Yeah, here we go. Of twelve hundred euro per year. I forgot. Right. Regardless, that's just to maintain the machine and to keep the machine running and get the IT support on it. That doesn't pay for my IT support or EPOS system as better known as, or my staff, or my electricity. Or my so are you uh, going to are you going to take your body gown bottles and coke cans back empty over the counter? No, I can't do that either, Joe, because the HSC we're only after coming out of COVID, right? Yeah, and you cannot take a product back. It's second hand. You can't take something that's picked up off the side of the street. You can't. It would mean putting a pair of gloves on each time and the interview in each bottle in order to make sure it has the return code on it. If it hasn't a return code on it, it's only garbage. And who takes care of that? Of course. Um, there is a suggestion to say that the return suggests that this could go to charities, right? Mm. But they are not implementing that. They're not implementing this. This is a potential. Yeah, but it means, uh, but party, it means for you, as of the 1st of February, in a, a, a 12 weeks' time, you're going to put every bottle of body gown, Coke, 7 up, is going up. There's a new tax yes. on it. It's a government tax. There's a new tax yes. on it. Uh, yeah. you, you, you've got to charge that tax. Okay, yes. you're not going to collect the bottles. Well, you can't. You can't. Yes. But the the multinationals will. So that means their inter alia, their product becomes much cheaper than the same product in your shop. George, like, this is the problem for for rural Ireland, like right. You it's not one size fits all, right? Yeah. And we're like little oases in the country, all our towns and villages, right? <laughs> You're entitled to an exemption from it if you're under 250 square metres. But you have to apply for that exemption. And if you're the only retailer in a seaside or in a tourism area, you're not entitled to that exemption. Okay, okay. Say with us, us, party. I have a a shopkeeper who has one of these machines after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. 
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. In uh, 100 days' time, new uh, ex- extra government taxes on uh, plastic uh, bottles and drink cans and everyone will be charged them and then the incentive is that you bring back the bottle out of cans and, and open a separate bucket in your kitchen for saying uh, you would get your 25 cent back or whatever. Ever. Uh, Aaron Massey, Aaron, good afternoon. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing? Aaron, sorry, my mistake. Aaron, you have one of these machines. Where are you? We do indeed. We're, we're, we're here in Cost Cutters, Windy Arbor, Dundrum. Okay, um, busy shop. We received yeah. our machine in August. Yeah, and how, yeah. How's it working out? Yeah, it's going well. Um, I think it's being perceived with a lot of curiosity. People are coming in and they're very inquisitive as to, to what it does, what its purpose is. But I suppose once you explain it to them and, and once you explain the purpose mm-hmm. and what we're trying to achieve, I think that they, they buy into it and they say they're, they're very impressed. And, and is it is it operational know. at the moment? Yes, it's up and running and everything. But um, the people, the people get money back. No, no, we we, we haven't implemented that okay, yet. Okay, so when I shove when I shove the bottle in or the can in, where does it go? It goes into the machine, and then the machine scans it to make sure that wow. it, it has all the correct. Um, yeah, the, the labeling is right. It, there's no liquid in it, and once it's happy, then the machine compacts it there and then, and then it goes down, drops down into a, like a, a, a recyclable bag and uh, spits out then a receipt which you can redeem in store as a voucher or you can claim back your 15 cents uh, return. But what about, uh, what happens to bottles that do have a little drop of coke in them? Well, then they'll be spat back out and the machine will explain to and where, the what, customer. What, 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 what does the customer do with all the bottles that are shooting out of the bowling alley? Well, they need to, I suppose, dispose of them responsibly, but in terms of this, the mm. return scheme, they, they won't be able to claim back their 15 cents, which is their incentive. Sounds like an, it sounds like an incredible. Was it, was it, is the machine difficult to, to maintain and rig up? An incredible. Uh, uh, I know it's the well, world we live in. It sounds incredible. The machine, it's about, it's about 0.6 square metres. Uh, we have a lovely Tomer machine. It's the size of an ATM, Joe. Okay. You know, and listen, it's, it's not taking up too much space. Um, as the guys have alluded beforehand and Vincent that from the 1st of February all uh, producers and manufacturers will have to yeah. you know show all the return logos and they'll have to you know be 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 be, be legal and so on and so forth so, and, and uh, how much does the machine cost well the, the machines in around the 13,000 as alluded before okay. you get your if, if you're below the two and a, 250,000 um, numbers over a year, you get a, 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 a grant of 6,000 over three years. Okay. Uh, for every can or bottle that you take back, you're getting 2.2 cent. So with hmm. our numbers and our calculations, we're looking at the machine being paid for within three years. And then, what about electricity and maintenance? It sounds like a pretty complicated machine. Well, we have a guarantee with our Tomer machine for up to six years and the guys there are very good we've we looked there was big educational part on it from our own group Barry's down in Mallow um, last March so we knew this was coming and we okay. had another meet with, with the Barry group it's a family run business there in August and September and it's more the educational part of it Joe for the retailers for ourselves and our teams mm-hmm. in the store not taking from anyone else on, on, on this discussion but um you know, you, you will you, bringing it back. Can you, can, will you take, once you have this machine, and, yeah. you, and by the way, is there, is there an annual fee? Is there an annual maintenance fee on it, in fairness? There Pod, will be after the six years. Party so, says the there is of, of 1,200. Yeah. Um, but Joe, if but, you're... But do you, if, you know, just one, just, just one clarity. Yeah. If, if I have one of these machines in my shop and the space and the yeah. technology and whatever to, to put it in, do I have to accept if someone says, no, I can't use the machine, I want to give you the bottles over the counter? No, we, we, we don't take them back because okay. that's the beauty of the machine, Joe. That takes all the human element out of it. So there's no doubt. And the machine will only accept 100% return okay. products back, return packaging back with the aluminium on the plastic, the PET bottles. Okay. And that's the beauty of it. And also, look, we're a small store. We're no different to anyone else mm. on, on your calls. You know, um, we're family-run. We have a post office here. We rely heavily on footfall. 
Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. need to get the people in the door. Yeah, and, I, you know, I take Arbor, that point, yeah. I take you know, that point and, strongly. Look, this is another way of getting people into our small store. Listen, but we're you, not... We, it, I know, but Aaron, Aaron but, you, but you know what will happen? The big, the big, the big, the big fellas at the ground, the big boys will see it as a way of getting people into their stores. But anyway, uh, it's loads coming in at this. We'll be back to it tomorrow because most people seem seem to be totally unaware of this massive change in our retail lifestyle in a hundred days, days time. Jamie Dives on sound. Shane Galvin's a BCO producer. Nettie, you can Ray Darcy next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie